Are you ready for an earful? In the dawning of a new day, the landscape of the entire world is changing. Nobody wants the fake, the shallow, or the non-relevant, unless, of course, you like playing games. The church is about meeting people where they are and showing them how to apply truths to get to where they know they are designed to be. That can be done playing games. Jasper and Alicia Williams welcome you to an encounter with truth that is sure to demand a response. Sit back, invite your spirit man front and center for a message that will give you a fresh take on life, God, and yourself. Get ready, get set, it's on. Psalm 72, and I want to read in your hearing, first six verses. Give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. He will judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. The mountains will bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. But he will bring justice to the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy and will break in pieces the oppressor. April, I think that's what happened. (laughs) Verse 4 is for you. They shall fear you as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. Verse 6. He shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing. Like showers that water the earth would you read verse six with me again please ready let's read he shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing like showers that water the earth you know people have have confused the need for rain and just simply being alive <clears throat> there, there, are, there are plenty of places um, that have produced ecosystems around dryness, um, around arid atmospheres. As a matter of fact, God even created cactus to thrive in dry places. Cactus can even bloom in dry places. But just touch your neighbor and just say, but I'm not a cactus. Here's the the other thing. You can also manufacture moisture. You can manufacture moisture. Did you not know that Las Vegas pipes in its water? There is an oasis that's in the middle of the desert, but it only exists because the water is being piped in. There are are pretty things that are built um, on something that really should not exist. Uh, Truth be told, many of us are either living a life that we never were meant to live or we're importing our blessings. Some of you are broker than you look. Uh, 
Ain't nothing wrong with not looking like what you've been through, but there is some wrong when you are when you're a poser. When you're faking it, when you're wanting somebody to believe that you are something that you're really not. And, and here it is. You'll never have more if you never want more. A lot of us, I speak to myself in the past tense, a lot of us have dialed back on what we could have and chosen to be all right with what we do have. Most times what, what you want is calibrated by what you're being exposed to or by what you see. I was watching this documentary on, on Shaq um, and the name of the documentary was Shaq and Dale. Uh, Dale Brown was Shaq's coach at LSU, and he was more than just a coach. He was, he was a father figure to Shaq. Shaq attributes three people in his life for making him who he is um, and supporting the success that he's been able to garner. Uh, number one was his stepfather, number two was his, was his mother, and number three um, was his former coach at LSU, Dale Brown. <clears throat> Shaq, when they first met, was 13 years old over in Germany. And the coach began then writing him letters on a week-to-week -week basis. I forget how tall Shaq was. He was 6'8", six, 6'7", six, um, at 13 years old. And uh, from a coaching perspective, um, the coach was trying to hide Shaq because he knew that other coaches would be um, courting him. But Shaq had a problem. Shaq couldn't dunk a ball as tall as he was. And so he asked, he asked the coach uh, for, for a regimen that would help him strengthen his lower body. That started the relationship between Shaq and Dale. And when Shaq got older and moved back to the States, <clears throat> I forget how old he was, um, he, he went to, to Coach Dale's house. And because Shaq had only seeing poverty his entire life when he walked into coach Dale's house Shaq says he says when I looked up and saw that window and the camera cut to just this little um, on the front of this house just at the very top um, of the house it wasn't a huge mansion house a very nice house indeed that was just this little cathedral window that had been cut in more for decorations up in where the attic space was, Shaq said, I thought this was a mansion. Th then he walked into Coach Dale's house, a nice house indeed. And, and, and when you walk in through the front door, out the back was the view of a lake. And Shaq went over and just began to peer out. And he said, look at all that you have. And Coach Dale said to Shaq, he says, you will have way more than this. Uh, most of us know the shack and the lifestyle he's, he's lived and the size houses that he's bought. And, you know, Shaq has beds that are custom made. And um, Shaq, Shaq has spent a whole bunch of money on a whole lot of stuff, but he never started wanting more until he got around it. I'm preaching to you whether you realize it or not.
some of you never knew you were dry till you showed up this morning. Some of you never had a picture that God could rain in one week until you saw how God does creative miracles. And, 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 so, and so you will never be what you cannot see. I, I need for some of you all to just close your eyes and go with me in the mind, in your mind's eye and see yourself healed. Start seeing yourself with overflow. Start seeing yourself with the anointing resting on you. Start seeing yourself lying in the bed with somebody you don't feel guilty about doing stuff. Start seeing yourself with harvest in your fields. You, you, you calibrate you calibrate um, yourself by what you see and what you are exposed to. And if you've never had a savings account, you find we're living in a dry place of just enough. If you've, if you, if it's been since the honeymoon, you, you don't realize that you can still like your spouse after years of being around them. If, if you're used to living, coming up, on the rough side of the mountain. You don't realize that there's, a, that there's a place on top of the mountain that symbolizes victory. If you can't see yourself, if you can't see it, then you, you won't be it. And some of us have learned to live beneath what God has intended. We've, we've learned to enjoy cactus lifestyle when God has designed you to be a rose bush. Let, let, let me just poll this house. How, how, how many know that there's greater than what you have now? How, how many can see more than what you have now? How many know that more is coming? How many, how many, how many know that you, you're made for more? So, so when we get to verse 6 of Psalm 72, we, we understand a whole bunch here. This wasn't one of those scriptures that I just want you to meditate on in your, in, in your hearing. Um, but this scripture is packed with potential to, to help you raise your faith to begin to see that there is indeed more coming. And that will be activated by the rain that God sends in your life. Look at what it says in verse number six. He shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing like showers that water the earth. Um, he shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing like showers that water the earth. And he shall come down. Here's, here's the metaphor, like rain. See, see some of you all um, don't understand why praising God is so important. Uh, praising God is so important because it gets his attention and then he comes to where the praise is. 
the, the, the Bible says that he inhabits, he lives, he sets up camp in the praises of his people. So when he comes down, he, he comes down to what I'm sending up. And when I send it up, he lets the rain Did I take that curve too fast or did y'all get it? All right, let's see how, how, how good you got it. Uh, so if you want him to come down and you want the rain, then it's something we ought to be doing. Psalm 72 has an interesting background. We're, we're used to ascribing the penmanship of the Psalms primarily to David. Um, occasionally, if, if we've paid note to the headings of our Psalms, um, we will see that, that some of the Psalms have been ascribed to Asaph. Um, but primarily, we know, we know David has written the Psalms, and, and some of us will give a bit of credence to, to Asaph. Um, but, 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 but this particular Psalm, most scholars say um, that King Solomon wrote two Psalms. Yep, David's son, that, that King Solomon wrote two Psalms and that Psalm 72 has been accredited to King Solomon's penmanship. It really explains an awful lot because when you go back and you, you take note particularly to the first verses that we read in your hearing and we'll walk back through it, um, but it seems as though the writer is referring to something generational that the writer is referring not to just himself and himself touching heaven but the writer is referring to 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 one who's in front of him in the generational tree um, and so when we understand um, and we give uh, a bit more credibility to the potential that that Solomon wrote this um, we're able to see that we qualify for more than what we sometimes want to disqualify ourselves from. <clears throat> because some of y'all were here on last week, um, but, but this is the same man, King Solomon, who, who was the chief playboy. This was the same Solomon. I don't have time to go back through it. But in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 36, it says, Then here in heaven, and forgive your sin of your servants, your people Israel, that you may teach them the good way in which they should walk and sin reign on your land, which you have given to your people as an inheritance. This is the same Solomon who had vertically integrated commerce who had lived an overt lifestyle of marrying all these women who were serving different gods, this is the same Solomon who starts off 1 Kings 8 by asking God to forgive him. This is the same Solomon who's now writing a psalm asking God to send the rain. Here, here's my point, just in case some of y'all can't, 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 can't keep up uh, with me. It doesn't matter what you've done. He, he, he's faithful and just to forgive those 
who ask for the forgiveness. I don't, I don't care I don't care what your track record is I don't care what your resume is it doesn't matter if you know that oh my god um, that God can and does by the power of the blood wipe our slate clean you believe that then you can say send the rain I rebuke the spirit of shame in this place, the tool of shame that the enemy has chosen to let some of you wear and clothe yourself with. It doesn't matter who you are and what you've done. I lift shame off you right now and send it to the cross. It cannot stay. You are worthy of the blessing of God. You are worthy of the rain. You are worthy to experience increase and harvest in your life. So, so here's this, here's this same Solomon who, who, has, who has talked to us about rain. He, he, he gives us a few things that we should ascribe to if we're going to see rain in our life. A lot of us want rain, but don't want to do right with what it produces. A lot of us won't rain for selfish reasons. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, a, getting ahead of myself. Um, uh, look, look at what it says in verse number one. Um, you, you can't know what to do if you don't have the grid of righteousness to look through. Okay. Let me unpack that. Here we are in verse number one. Let's let the text talk. Give the king your judgments, O God. Your righteousness to the king's son. Did you see that generational piece? David starts talking about that, that your commandments have I hid in my heart. Um, God started uh, writing scripture um, in the heart of David. And so now here's, here's Solomon um, knowing that, that dad had the commandments. He hadn't always lived by the commandments. But just because he changed didn't mean the commandments had. So he says, give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. He will judge your people with righteousness. Okay, and that's the second time that that word has been used. He, he, he says, first of all, and your righteousness, give your righteousness to the king's son. Then in verse 2, and he will judge your people with righteousness. And your poor with justice, the mountains will bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness, it seems like God wants us to take note that righteousness is important to him. Okay, I got to connect the end of the text with the top of the text because in verse 6, he says, send the rain. But he says, it ain't going to rain until we get some stuff right. I, I know it is. Y'all don't understand righteousness. See, you're looking at your righteousness and you thinking, I ain't quite all that right. Pastor, if you just knew what I was thinking just, just not long ago. God has a whole bunch of names. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my, my provider. He is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is 
oh my God, he just spoke. He, he's my peace. Um, he's, he's also uh, Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. He's the one that gives me victory. Uh, maybe you know this one, or maybe you just kind of went past it because it's one of them long Hebrew words, but he is um, Jehovah Sidkenu, which translates to means he is the Lord, my righteousness. At, at the root word of, of, of the root of Sidkenu is the word Sedek, which means right standing. So if I know him to be my provider, if I know him to be my banner of victory, if I know him to be my peace, I can know him to cover up my wrong. Because for him to be Jehovah Sidkenu, it, it means it means he hides all of my crookedness. See, see, some of y'all all twisted up in the spirit. You smell good and got some expensive cologne and got a big Bible, got an iPad app, whatever it is, but you just as crooked. But when he is my righteousness. You're seeing what he makes me. Let him stop being my straightness. Boy, y'all will fire me. Uh, but, but, but when we understand that God sends the rain in verse 6, based on those that will have a standard... See, a lot of us judge folk based on what we wouldn't do. Or what we haven't done. Look at her. Look at her. Mm -hmm. That little short skirt. Mm -hmm. And even her hair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who he think he is. Girl, you know what they say about him. We look at people based on our crookedness. But God will never send the rain if you don't have a grid of righteousness to look through. Three times he uses the word righteousness in this text. Stop explaining to God why he said what he said because you ain't right. You are pushing the rainstorm off looking at what's still wrong with you. I am not giving anybody the license to keep sinning. If you are in sin, may the convicting ministry of the Holy Spirit arrest you right now. But when I have the grit of righteousness, then I take one step closer to God sending the rain in verse 6.
And so here, here, here's, here's the first thing we got to have to get rain. We got to have righteousness. We have to be able to look at life and life circumstances and what God is doing in our life. We have to be able to look at that uh, through the grid of righteousness. Here, here's the next thing. We just got to be right. Why that's so hard? Why, why, why is it so hard? Just be nice to folk. Not in this church, not in this church, but folks folk show up and don't even speak to folks sitting around you. Just, how you doing today? Good to see you. Tell them I touch your neighbor, you go like this. Some of y'all like, don't you touch me one more time. I don't care what the preachers say. Look at me again. Look, look at me again. talking about being right with people I, 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 I might be a little rough around the edges work pray for me what you laughing at <laughs> laughing all loud I might be rough around the edges but it took him a week to make the sun moon and stars earth and wind Jupiter and Mars. I'm not yet what I ought to be, but he's still. He, he, there's one thing I don't want to be guilty of, and that's treating folk wrong. He, he, he says, he says again, he says again, he says, give the king your judgments in verse 1, O God, and your righteousness is the king's son, and he will judge your people with righteousness. You're poor with justice. Do you see that? You got to treat folk right. There is no way in the world that God is going to send rain that will produce harvest. And you treating folk wrong in a dry place. There is no difference in a broke fool and a rich fool. You still a fool. And God is not going to, he's not in the business of promoting fools. If you a jerk to folk and you broke, I ain't got no witnesses in here. Y'all look at me like that if you want to, but you know what I'm saying is right. Some of y'all proved it when you got your income tax check back. Ain't bought nobody nothing. Ain't sold a seed. Stole from God again. I ain't scared of you. The word justice is used. It means to defend folk. A lot of us see stuff and don't say nothing about it. Let people talk about folk and act like you ain't hear it. Mm -mm. God wants to send rain with folk that will defend people. Hey, what you say? What, what, what? Excuse me, I, I thought you were talk, talk, talking about her because, you know, you know we, are, we are on the same team. And what you're saying 
ain't quite right. See, see some of y'all want to be all deep and need a scripture and feel like you're supposed to go tell somebody. No, stand up and say something. No, that's not the culture that we have here. We, 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 don't, we don't roll like that. We, we on one team. You, you might not like her, but you took the job. You're welcome to quit. But if I'm here, we're going to treat folk right. I don't have any witnesses in here. And when we are right, we take another step towards God. Sending rain. I wonder how many right deeds April did. I wonder how many conversations she diffused. I wonder how many folks she prayed for. I wonder how many conversations she just shut down. Now, we ain't going to talk about that like that. You know, April, she was preaching with a smile on her face. She was shouting and dancing and running. But then she go back and say, but God says, <laughs> but what would God say? She going to be nice. Just touch somebody and say, be right, be right, be right. Just in case they don't speak English, touch the same one and say, quit doing wrong, quit doing wrong, quit. <laughs> he goes on to say, all right, this one got me. Y'all had to let me, let me work a little bit here. He, he, he says, verse one, get a king your judgment, so God, your righteousness is the king's son. He will judge your people with righteousness. Your poor with justice, he's going to defend them. The mountains will bring peace to the people. And the little hills by righteousness. And the mountains will bring peace to the people. It, it, it'll bring, it'll bring, it'll bring riches to the people. Here's, here's your homework assignment. Go home and look up this verse in other versions. Other versions don't use the word peace. It says that the mountains will bring riches to the people. You, you know, I, I just don't take stuff for granted. You know, I had to go, go, go work this one out. And so the Hebrew word here is shalom and the mountains will bring shalom to the people and um, I know shalom as being peace but, but, but when you take a look at the word shalom it can also mean in a distant second less familiar translation it can mean riches Can we, can we just put that one together? Um, uh, Genesis chapter 43, verse 23 says, But he said, Riches or peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Your God and, your, and the God of your father has given you the treasure in your sacks. What? It's the same word, shalom, 
He's saying, he's saying, I'll give you riches and still keep you at peace. Can we let Biggie preach for a minute? More money don't have to mean more problems. Okay, all right, y'all, y'all, y'all looking at me side-eyed. Y'all, y'all looking at me side-eyed. Um, what, 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 watch this. Uh, ver, verse, verse number, verse, what verse am I in? Verse number three. Okay, all right, verse three. Verse three. Psalm 72, verse three. The mountains will bring, will bring riches. The mountains will bring riches. See, a lot of us are looking for riches in the valley. Let me find somebody I can preach to. Let me see who can catch this revelation because everybody ain't going to get this one. Mountains symbolize hard stuff. Have we been rebuking our blessing? I'm so tired of this. When soon this is over, I can't wait. This make me sick. Preaching. I bet you we'll let April preach again. I bet you she done had some hard roads to hold. That's how my grandmama talk. But did you hear what she said? She said, My salary almost because hmm. she been in a hard place. Oh my god. I, I could see if I coordinated the testimony. But because she's come through the hard place, she getting paid. I wish I had somebody to raise your hand and tell the Lord, thank you for the mountain. I'm talking to a marriage in here. It hadn't been easy, but that marriage is designed to put some riches in your house. what's wrong with church now we think we, we think everything's supposed to be easy we, we, we think that God is just supposed to just just do it he's supposed to be a Santa Claus and after I shout one good time and I sow one five dollar seed now I'm supposed to be balling out of control but the truth is God does hard stuff well. Oh my God. And I bless you in this place on the day to make it through your hard place and get paid. And have some peace with it too. I want to be paid and I want some peace. I think I'm just going to preach the rest of the sermon like this.
Nah, Callaway ain't paying me. Let me put this thing down. This ain't no product placement. Can I get a witness more? What happens in verse 6? Come on, pop quiz. Pop quiz. What, what happened in verse 6? He brings the rain. But, 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 but why does he bring the rain? He brings the rain, first of all, because of righteousness. I've got to be able to look to the grid of righteousness. But then the second reason he brings the rain is because I treat folk right. I, 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 I defend folk. But, but then, but then the, the next thing the rain is going to bring is going to be riches along with my peace. It's going to be prosperity and peace, and he's going to send it in hard places. All right, so here, here's the next thing. I, I'm about finished. We done shouted enough today. Verse 4. Verse 4. He will bring justice to the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy. And will break in pieces the oppressor. See, see, along the way, I'm kind of preaching two sermons. I'm, I'm talking about rain, and I'm talking about why he sends it. But then you got to also be able to jump in there and get the signs of what rain looks like. And whenever God is breaking up stuff, it's a sign that it's raining. All right, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, to build, and to plant. Well, I'm preaching. I'm preaching better than y'all. Better than y'all. Y'all. Y'all's amens on vacation. Uh, it's y'all for amens barbecuing or something. But the Bible says that in order for us to see rain in verse 6, the Bible says that he will break down in verse 4 the pieces of the oppressor. Now, the reason why I went to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, is because God touched Jeremiah's mouth. To tear stuff up. Woo! I'm going to shout for me on that one. Some of you won't see your hardness until you start tearing some stuff down for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down. I gotta start saying some stuff. Just stop it. That's enough. We ain't having none of that. Quit that. Come get, I rebuke you, Satan. In the name of, you gotta quit letting somebody else war for you and start speaking in yourself.
Thank you for listening. What you just heard has the potential to change your world. Now it's up to you to walk it out. The first obstacle will be an excuse not to. Don't delay achieving your design destiny one day at a time. For more information on Jasper and Alicia, visit them at www.thechurchinfo.org. If you are ever in the Atlanta area, they'd love to make your acquaintance. Until later, onward and upward.